You are tuned in to the latest episode of the Scoreboard Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Sun, joined by Reagan Griffin Jr. and Michael Fumafredo. We're recording from USC Annenberg Studio B. And this um, this week is obviously a somber week for L.A. sports and really the greater world of sports. And I mean, you can even say the, the greater world in general due to the um, tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna Bryant. And we'll, we'll get into that later. But first, let's mention the recent developments in USC basketball. They continue to roll along um, yesterday or yeah, on Saturday, sorry. Saturday, they win against Oregon State, 75-55. to Last Thursday, they take the number 12, or now number 11th team in the nation, Oregon, and take them to double overtime. And that's a game that they really could have easily won in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. And so, I mean, th- this is an upstart USC basketball team that's proving a lot of people, you know, that's ranking them, that's comparing them, that's evaluating them, and, and showing that they're capable of um, matching up with some of the better programs in the nation. No yeah, doubt. we've won four of our last five, so we're definitely clicking at the right time. I think we're starting to find our groove in the shooting game. We're now up to about 35.5% from the three-point line. And while that loss to Oregon does hurt, I mean, it's something to look upon with benefits mm-hmm. as or like with positivity because we just took a top-10 team to overtime. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Double overtime. Double overtime, yes. And really could have won the game, at the, like Eddie said, at, at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, turnovers late. It's almost akin. It was eerily similar to the way that that team beat Stanford. It was the same sort of turnovers, you know, just being non-cautious with the ball. You know, they ended up shooting us in the foot at the end of that fourth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the resiliency that they showed throughout the course of that game, because that wasn't a game where the team was ahead for the entire time. They had to fight yeah. back into that game just to make it mm-hmm. go into overtime had the opportunity to win it, ended up fumbling that away. But, you know, that just shows the resilience of the C of this team. And then to turn around and beat Oregon State, that makes us 4-0 on the season uh, after uh, yep. taking an L, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that, that shows that the team, when, when they uh, have their backs against the wall, they're able to perform very well, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you want to see that in a team uh, that you hope to see go far in the tournament. Yep. And um, granted, too, it was an away game. Right. Yep. In a very hostile environment against one of the – Better players in the country, uh, Pritchard, yeah, Peyton yeah. Pritchard, yeah. Yeah. yeah, held held him actually pretty well on the game. Pretty yeah. uh, like he was a volume shooter for the game. It was really Chris Duarte, their other guard, that was killing them throughout the game. Thirty points for him, yeah, yeah. and eight steals too, like that. That's crazy. Um, Onyeka Okongwu continues to dominate against Oregon. He had twenty three points, fourteen rebounds, and six blocks. And then against Oregon State, he only misses one shot and roots an eighteen point eight rebound night. The freshman sensation continues to impress right. uh, not only USC fans and you know his own coach probably, but also draft evaluators and NBA teams. Oh yeah, he's definitely making a case for a very high draft pick, mm-hmm. no doubt. In June, uh, and I, it'd be hard to make an argument against him going in the lottery at this point. Yeah. When you see how centers are trending in the NBA, you need those guys who can you know hold down the paint, rebound, and you need guys who have a very good second jump, not just mm-hmm. that that you know initial burst, but also the ability to get offensive and defensive rebounds after missing their own shot. Yep. Um, and he has that, you know, you yep. know the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I think we'll definitely touch upon draft status for most of our guys like Okongwu, but it, like just thinking of the way Bam Adebayo's been playing for the Miami Heat, he's mm-hmm. the guy that's a pretty very comparable to yeah. – 
Figo and yeah, we'll definitely get into draft yes, comp definitely. in the future. Um, Ethan Anderson, who Reagan, you've made the case mm-hmm. as the most important, the player on most the team. important player on the team. I know Onyek is great, and he is the best player on the team. Ethan is the most important player because without Ethan, that offense does not run. He struggled against Oregon, one for seven shooting, but turned it around against Oregon State uh, with a eleven point six assist um, showing with only one turnover, which you know limiting his turnovers will be the next step for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to see a quick turnaround for him, along with Jonah Matthews, who, after an inefficient shooting night against Oregon, shot 6-for-12 from the field against Oregon State, 3-for-7 from uh, beyond the arc. I guess in general, the trend just to see that, you know, a quick turnaround after a double overtime tough loss, mm-hmm. you know, there's no no kind of, um, no 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 loss hangover, you know, just yeah. going to the next Yeah, game. it's always impressive Not when like you see a, a team... Yep. Have a very upsetting loss yep. and then bounce back to beat a team by twenty points, and, and that's a sign of a good college um, college team that you know has has to play a lot of different teams in succession. Often is that you know lose a game against a tough opponent, that's one thing, but you can't let the losses drag out into consecutive losses and and, and, and let up. bad play. Oh, you yeah. know that starts at the top, right, with yeah. Enfield, and you know you have to give your uh, round of applause to him for. What he's been able to do in instilling, you know, that sort of culture within these guys. Mm-hmm. I also think you have to give a lot of credit to our young freshmen. Like, oh no doubt, we said Big O, Ethan Anderson, Mobley. Not many guys can rebound like the way they're doing, and they're playing like grownups. Oh yeah, yep. And they've all the most. The thing that's most impressed me about this team thus far is that they've found their role for everyone, and that's a question that a lot of us had at the beginning of the year: is who's going to be what for this team? Mm-hmm. And now we kind of see it. Ethan's the the ball handler, the facilitator. He runs the offense. Onyek is the star. He puts up most of the points. He gets the rebounds. He's our post presence. Mm-hmm. Nick is, you know, kind of a, him, him and uh, Jonah Matthews are both veteran, steadfast leaders in, in saying that Jonah's are also our big shot guy. When we need a, a bucket, that's mm-hmm. who we're going to. Hey, Nick Rakosevich is also th- 53% from three here. So <laughs> you guys to take him more. Maybe, you got to yeah. take him more. Um, you told me he's our shooter. Like, we, we finally, you know, have a sense yep. of what exactly – this team is and we know, talk about roles too i think elijah weaver now coming off the bench has played really well very good spark going back mm-hmm. to the stanford game in oregon state he had 13 points in both of those no doubt yep. no doubt interesting from the oregon game mm-hmm. uh max got a lot more minutes than he usually really? does um i think a lot of that was foul trouble because yeah we did, jonah yeah. and weaver got in got both picked up two fouls within i think the first seven minutes of the game it was interesting that they used him to try to guard pitch pritchard though yeah or at times i think during that game because the strength of Oregon's team is, you know, um, overplaying on the perimeter, forcing ball handlers to hesitate, take an extra dribble, and then recovering against the interior. But when um, Coach Enfield put out the three big lineups, whether it was Max or Mobley, to go with Rokosovic and Okongwu, that's when the team really started to claw back into the game because, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point, it's just hard to deal with three interior presences as long as you know, you maintain some semblance of spacing right. and, you know, good decision-making and distribution. And that's why I think Max is going to be so important going forward, whether it's the rest of this year or even next year, is that he has he's somebody with size but can also shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from what I'm hearing inside that team, uh, I'm not sure many people really understand how good of a shooter Max is just because he doesn't get the minutes right mm-hmm. now, but he's a really good shooter. Yeah. And with that length, that that's a pretty lethal threat. You know, you can't put a mm-hmm. smaller guy on him, and obviously a bigger guy, he might be able to, you know, be – 
yep. quicker than oh, you. Oh, yeah, so. Max is mm-hmm. – he's a freshman, too. He's definitely yeah. a guy I see he has having room, a future on this team. A lot of room to grow. Maybe even starting next year, you guys think? Yeah. That's well, the three. There's, there's room for it. There's, I mean, there's there a very is. good possibility. Yeah. You look at Ethan. You look at, you know, Isaiah. I think will earn his starting spot back. You look at, uh, you know, his brother Evan. You know, there, there's there's spots to be had on that starting spot. And Elijah Weaver, too. I think Elijah Weaver. It'll be way back yep. into that role. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to the news that shattered the entire sports world yesterday, which was Kobe Bryant's tragic passing because of him, due, due to helicopter crash in Calabasas. Um, it was not just Kobe Bryant; it was also his daughter Gianna Bryant, as well as um seven other, seven other people on the on the helicopter that they were flying in: John Altovelli, Carrie Altovelli, and Alyssa Altovelli, um, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and Ara Zobayan. Uh, those are the those are the seven names, along with again Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant, that um tragically and unfortunately passed away yesterday, and um. In, in the wake of, of the shattering news, I think there was a collective outpour from not just athletes, but world leaders, um, you know, presidents and former presidents, actors, musicians, artists, everyone. You know, if you had a if you had a blue check mark on Twitter, you had something to say about Kobe. And it wasn't superficial. It was it was it was something profound, deep and meaningful because that was the kind of player Kobe was. And that was that was the kind of figure and cultural icon Kobe was for so many of these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely look at what Kobe's done for the game and now how he's conti- he was continuing his legacy with his daughter Gianna. She was mm-hmm. a very good player as yep. well, really thinking of carrying the torch. But just prayers go out to the entire Bryant family and the families mm-hmm. of all of those who were heartbroken yep. from the definitely. incident. And you mentioned the uh, the the outpour of condolences from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, therein lies to me hit the greatness of Kobe Bryant. It's just mm-hmm. you know, no matter what background, and we're in this world right now where there's so much division and there's so much you know conflict between all these different factions, whether it's political, whether it's mm-hmm. racial, religious, what have you. This was a person who touched every single one of those people. Yeah, and every single one of those people had something to say. Mm-hmm. at his passing because you know regardless of where you come from or what your background is i don't think there's a person who knew who kobe bryant was that didn't yep. respect the man mm-hmm. so um it's definitely a very very sad thing to see that somebody so young and that was entering you know the next phase of his life and didn't really get to live the next phase of his life beyond basketball mm-hmm. to see him go so early um it, it's truly tragic but mm-hmm. uh you know we we love and appreciate him for what he was for the city, for the Lakers, for the people that he touched around him, and for really everyone around the world. Yeah. yeah. So Mike Bone was actually a guest speaker at a meeting I had yesterday, our mm-hmm. athletic director, and the news broke right as he went on. And he actually he was trying to have a good time, like he he didn't know yet. Right. And everyone in the room just there was just a dark cloud, and mm-hmm. he asked us if there was anything we wanted to know or anything he needed to know. Mm-hmm. And when the news broke to him, he was just speechless, too. So you show, like, that was a guy we grew up watching. Right. Mm-hmm. And to see him pass is just heartbreaking. Everyone's speechless. Yeah. People Especially who are close to him just don't. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. And some, you know, USC students were fortunate because Kobe brought his daughter to a USC volleyball game, I think, not um, not very long ago, just a couple of months I ago. I was there. Yep. I, the second mm-hmm. I heard someone texted me, they said, 
uh, Kobe Bryant's at the, the Galen Center, Center right, right now. I'm like, you know, first thing I do, you know, let me grab my Lakers hat and I'm mm-hmm. running over there because, <laughs> you know, there's not too many people outside of my family that I idolize. But, you know, Kobe Bryant, just his mentality and the way he approached everything with, you know, 110 percent hard work. That's mm-hmm. something that, you know, I respected greatly. So even just the chance to be I was probably the closest I ever got was like 100 feet away from him. He was in like the little uh, the the souvenir shop and mm-hmm. I was outside of it and there was just a crowd of people. Yeah. This dude was just universally loved and adored. Man. Mm-hmm. And even with just down the street at the Staples Center yesterday, it was crowds and yeah. hordes of people, you know, just just paying their condolences and giving their respects to the the the, the greatness of Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And um, even thinking of a lot of the the athletes on the basketball team who are from the L.A. area. Like Ethan Anderson, oh, yeah. Jonah Matthews, Onyeka. Um, I'm sure there's more that I'm missing, but you know they on their Twitter feeds they've retweeted things. They've 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 you know they've wrote things. They've tweeted things about you know sending out condolences, talking about how much Kobe's impacted them. So obviously this you know this runs deeper than than just within NBA circles. This 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 applies to all the um, young basketball players in the NBA in college and high school. You know coming up right now. Mm-hmm. Right, like who looked up to Kobe and and it was their main and Kobe was their main inspiration. No doubt. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. So news actually broke earlier today that he, even though Kobe was eligible for the Hall of Fame class this year, there was probably no doubt he would be in. Mm-hmm. But, but they waived they've the vote. Already right? waived the vote. He's solidified. Will yeah. be a member of the 2020 class. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's warranted. Well deserved, of course. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that's going to oppose that. Just you know. Yep. Um, so obviously heavy news, but but let's end the podcast on a slightly lighter note, uh, not related to USC athletics directly, at least. But, you know, the biggest sporting event this coming week is mm-hmm. obviously the Super Bowl. So how about let's just give our Super Bowl picks? Yeah. So I actually tried to find a way to relate this to USC sports, seeing if there were any players in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, <They're> not. not. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Chiefs. OK. A lot of people may pick the 49ers as like. The better team, but this Chiefs offense is just very explosive. I think mm-hmm. if they get out running, I don't think Jimmy G or the passing offense of the 49ers could keep up with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. To that point, that's exactly what I think is going to happen, is that the Chiefs get out early, they get out strong, and that they're on defense. We saw them last or two weeks ago stop the greatest rushing attack that I've seen in a while, and they were able to, you know, kind of null, nullified Derrick Henry a little bit to the best you can. So I think that's exactly what they're going to do this week, try to make the game Jimmy Garoppolo's to win. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has it in him to do that against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so. that was my big concern because the 49ers rushing attack is very good, probably right. the best in the league as well. But, yeah, the way they shut down Derrick Henry, I think this game's going to go a lot differently than people expect. What about you, Eddie? Um, I think it's interesting that, Better's actually had this game as a toss-up because to me, I feel like Kansas City's offense with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill is just too flashy for people to think twice about. Maybe people love Shanahan and his offensive genius and that you know defensive front seven that much on the Niners, but to me, I have to favor the Chiefs even you know as a Niners fan. Just it's hard. It's hard to match up with that. Mm. It's hard to match up with the offensive firepower the Chiefs have. And maybe I'm just you know hedging you know my favorite team, but. But like really, I think it's hard to it's hard to compete with you know Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, and that firepower. Cole Hold, yeah. Hardman, like across the board, mm-hmm. speed. Of course. And I, I don't, especially when you see a guy like Richard Sherman, who's played you know out of his mind this year, arguably the best we've seen him play since you know the, that one year he really popped off for the Seahawks. But he's just not a speed guy, and you know I don't think he'll be able to hold anyone that 
you know, the the, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to throw at him. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. he, he's more of his own corner, and I'm not sure if you can run his own because they'll kill you by just finding the space and, mm-hmm. and burning you from there. So. But whoever wins, this is going to be a great game. It should be. It should be it a should shootout. Be. It, it should, should be. be. But, yeah, I'm excited. Yep. No doubt. Um, Obviously, this week we're all going to be thinking about Kobe Bryant and, and, you know, having our condolences to him. But, you know, USC basketball has two games on Thursday and Saturday. I believe Saturday is against a ranked opponent in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Then, obviously, we're all looking forward to Sunday in the Super Bowl. But um, we'll catch up with all the events that happen next Monday when we record again. But until then, um, I've been Eddie Sun, joined by Reagan Griffin Jr. and Michael Fumafredo. We'll catch you next time.